Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. on Talk Design today is somebody who's very close to me. Um, this guy, I started out being a client of his and then he became a client of mine and we became friends out of this process as well. And it's Bruce Campbell. He owns Entrepreneurial Business School and this is a, an amazing organization. I'm not going to attempt to explain it because I'm going to leave that to Bruce, um, but it's a life-changing thing. So Bruiser, um, by the way, I call him Bruiser. Um, Bruiser, Please tell us a bit about you, Entrepreneurial Business School, and our journey together. And then also, I'm going to have a few questions for our viewers and listeners. Welcome, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, just to clarify for all your viewers and listeners, uh, Bruiser came out of when I was a kid, uh, falling out of trees too much. And I used to have a heap of bruises all over my body uh, for being a, a little uh, young rascal. But uh, anyway... Thanks for having me on the show today. Um, look, uh, you know, my story, uh, happily married of 18 years, four kids under 15, so it's a party at our place. And we own a bunch of companies. Our, our lead one is something, uh, a business called Entrepreneurial Business School. And our mission and our vision is to help individuals in business grow their finances, grow their wealth, and actually transform their life and we've been doing it for upwards of 20 years mm. offices all over the world uh, based in Australia but got offices in America Hong Kong and India and um, you know we have a lot of fun helping a lot a lot of people grow what they do so uh, yeah that's it in a nutshell it, it, it's a it's an amazing journey I remember um, when I first met you going oh god and uh, <laughs> I wanted to do it, but I didn't want to do it. And I remember holding my head in my hands at your office <laughs> and um, forever grateful for um, the journey. And uh, yeah, like I learned a ridiculous amount and there's a ridiculous amount still to learn. Um, mm. it just, and look, yeah. I mean, I mean look, just on that point, I mean, I, I like saying this, Adrian, is that no one wakes up a natural entrepreneur, all right? You don't, you, it's a learnt skill. Most people get into business because they are technically good at what they do. So, you know, yeah. a person that is an architect, guess what business they go after they do their studies? They go into, into architecture, you know, a plumber. Uh, goes and starts a plumbing business, etc. So people normally do it because they're technically astute and good at what they do, or they've got a passion or a love. Now, the, the challenge is with that is that doesn't mean that you're, no one teaches you at, at architecture school or dentistry school or whatever your craft is of how to run a successful business. Yet most people end up in a business and they don't have the tool belt of knowing what to do and when to do it. So essentially we do a huge amount of work on skill development and knowledge and helping people grow, you know, that tool belt 
so that they can actually have more in their life, which I know we're going to speak about more here. Uh, Absolutely. Today. I, I, I think, you know, to that point, I think the people who are most passionate about what they do, you know, everybody says, oh, find your passion and just do that. The fastest way to ruin your passion is to not have the business skill set or not to have the business coaching or um, mentorship or whatever it's going to take to collapse a passion, to make it something that actually works against you. It's one thing to have, you know, lots of creativity and be able to drive it down a, a track. It's another thing to actually know that that track's a path that takes you somewhere, that it, um, it's got an outcome. And, you know, business, ultimately, if, if you're like me, where I get to do my own business and I get to, and you do the same, you do, do your own business and you get to serve other people with it and you get to um, enjoy it and make money from it, then it's clicking the boxes. But just take away the make money from it and the thing's a horrible hobby. And yeah. it, 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 if you can get the, if you can pull that line together, then it, it becomes magical. And your ability to serve people is beyond what it is without, a, without one of the pieces in the, in the, in the blocks. If, if there's a piece missing, there's a piece missing. And you don't bake a cake without the flour, you know, you don't bake it without the eggs or it, it's a recipe. And um, sure. I think that's really like key. I learned so much about the nuances of the recipe um, working with you, like, yeah, amazingly. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think you've got a really good point. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you think about a person that's gone into business in the first year of business. Normally, you go and talk to those people. They're uber passionate. They're, you know, they wake up, they jump out of bed. And then, you know, you follow that path. And do they still have the same passion 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years into it? And sometimes the answer is no. And that's normally not because they dislike uh, the the technical side of what they do, it's because the business side of the house normally, you know, overshadows their enjoyment. And, you know, uh, I like a quote from a, a old mentor of mine, Keith Cunningham. He, he says a quote, which I think is a smart one, which is, he says, great, uh, good operators get tired. Great business owners get rich. And so at the end of the day, I'm good to go and serve the planet, but it can't be at the detriment. You know, I can't turn around to my family or myself and see either my wealth, my health, finance is not going the right way. The whole idea of win-win is, you know, yes, you add value to a folk, but you also receive it. And I think, you know, this is, you know, being one of the big things that I've said in my life that I want to do is I want to help other people get to their destinations. And also I want to get there at a, at a big rate myself. But the problem is Adrian, most people actually don't know the destination because no darn person's ever asked them to write oh, their friggin' yeah. destinations down. You know, this is, this dovetails like into the design journey of, you know, like designing your home. Um, and you, you know you ha you have a dream that you start with, but it's a it's a it's a a big idea, and then the big idea at some point has to get down to you know nuts and bolts, and we, we 
there's this thing that that <laughs> used to often come up, which is um, you know every uh, every disaster started out as a great idea somewhere, you know, like yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and we see this happen in houses, and you see it happen in businesses, and just about every business is built on amazing piece of dream but without the nuts and bolts or the you know the nails and the the timber or whatever it is to build the structure it's it it's just it's just a fluffy idea um it's the, the and, yeah, and look you know you you've sort of slipped it in there just to sort of tell all the the viewers i'm about two months out of moving into the absolute dream house that Adrian has designed. And, um, you know, it's been a massive journey and, um, you know, I'm so excited to get into this thing. I know you'll have questions around that, but I probably couldn't help but just saying that to the viewers. <laughs> it's not just a little shack either. It's like nearly 800 square metres or for my uh, imperial people, about 8,200 square metres. So it's not a square feet. A small square feet. Home. Square feet, sorry, sorry, yeah, my bad. Um, so you know, um, so yeah, look, we're having a lot of fun. And it's been a journey, but I mean, you know, that that journey, I might add, only started out because the we did the learnings, we did the hard yards in the last twenty years, and you know, I probably wouldn't mind just sharing a couple of yeah. no, thoughts to the, to the viewers here, Adrian. I mean, for me, if you've got a pen at home and you're listening this, probably don't do this in the car if you're in the car. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think the first thing that most people don't do a good job of is, is actually putting down their dreams. Um, no one's ever really asked them that. Uh, you know, I, I, when I work with people, this is one of the first questions I kind of say in the very first part of a coaching journey with people is your business should be there to support you personally. Yes, I, I, I'm good with supporting and impacting others. All right, I'm going to... Oh, yeah, we'll I'm talk assume, a bit about that. Yeah, and I'm going to assume that, right, of why you're in the business in the first place. And it should be there to support you and, and people might, might have multiple business, I'll just speak in the singular, is that it should be there to support you personally, i.e. your business should allow your dreams to take shape, not only monetarily, but also times to enjoy it, etc. Okay, so essentially they need to be in parallel. So for me, to start that, before I go and try to engineer the business to achieve that, I got to understand personally what I want. And, you know, I, I would do this is, and I've done this all my oh, life, yeah. right? Or at least in the last 20 years um, of actually writing down my, my dreams. And when I first came across this subject, you know, I'm a pretty numbers based guy, Adrian, as you know, there's not normally a lot of fluff. And I must admit, for my kind of analytical brain, that struggled because I'm like, you want me to cut out a photo of my dream house or my dream this? And, and I thought, this is a load of BS, you know. But, in, but once I kind of got my head into it, I was like, well, actually, you know, if that anchors a certain part of my brain to, to attract that, you know, well, why bloody not? You know, like, what am I got to lose? You know, I haven't yeah. got anything to lose. Five so, minutes you know, of cutting out stuff. 
yeah, and writing down, you know, now I fast forward and I've got, you know, like about 3,000 things written down in a spreadsheet of the things I need to do before I kick the bucket. Um, but I think most people don't dream. And I think uh, having the ability to do that and having the accountability from someone else, because if you haven't done it to date by yourself, you're probably unlikely to do it going forward on an ongoing basis. But given that this is a podcast, I'm going to say, good, I'm going to challenge the group is to get get your family. It's awesome to do with the kids. The good yeah. thing about kids is they don't have all the limiting beliefs that we older people have got, right? I'll give you an example of one of those. When I was about 12 years old, Adrian, I loved the Lamborghini Contage. Do you remember that car? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a matchbox toy of it too. Yeah, yeah. well, I had this poster, this Lamborghini Contage, and I had a 12-year-old kid, you know, in year seven or whatever it was at the time, I'd drill, drool at this thing. Uh, and, you know, the, but the thing is, once I sort of got to into my 20s, it, you know, I was hanging around with folk that, you know, one of those style of cars would go past and it'd be, you know, there's a rich wanker going yeah. past, you know, in, in a sports car. But, you know, I had no idea of their journey. You know, they probably worked their butt off and learned a lot and deserved every, every piece of that car. So, you know, the good thing about kids is they're actually good teachers of us adults because they don't have any limiting beliefs or very few and go, well, you know, why can't I get, e.g. a Lambo, not to say that it has to be that. It can be a hundred other different could things. could be a Maserati. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> Talk about the design of that uh, in the in the house later. But, you know, so the, the thing is, if you don't dream, you, you're not going to anchor a point of where you can grow into something is my point for the audience. I, I think you probably said it to me. I certainly heard it from others as well was, if you dream, if you know how to achieve your dream, your dream isn't big enough. Yep. Love that. It's a journey to get to your dream. And, and, and that's what a roadmap does for you. Or that's what a, a, a journey does. It takes you somewhere and you get to where you wanted to go. And look, I mean, the only other thing that I would say on that point and to your viewers is that what I am now I'd never thought was possible 10 years ago, right? Like I look back at what I thought was the dream house, right? And I look back and I go, man, you were thinking so small back then, but I couldn't see it. Uh, yeah. And you know, that was just where I was at that time. But, you know, effectively, my wife and I, on as I said, we've been married 18 years, together 21, met when we were 17 and 18 at university or college for my North Americans. And, you know, um, when we were on our honeymoon, we, we actually did the basic design of our house, right? On, we did it at dinner over a bottle of wine. And we didn't have a paper, so we asked the waitress for, you know, those, the old school pads that they used to take your thing of some still use that. Yeah, like an old and order so, pad. Yeah, yeah, it was an old order pad. And we, we wrote this, you know, design. Now, yes, there's different tweaks and there's a kid's wing that wasn't on that. But effectively, the design is, is, is 
a ballpark of what we have got today. Yeah. So, you know, if you think about that, that kind of started 18 years ago. Um, it got obviously a lot more velocity in the last four or five years since we bought the land that we're on. But effectively, you know, the point there is that dreams take a while to manifest. And I think, frankly, some people try to think they can get to them too quickly. Yeah, there's, there's, there's dreams and goals. Like I look at it, there's, there's these dreams that we have and we don't know how we're going to achieve them. Essentially, we don't, that the dreams, the things we want, the things that we imagine ourselves having or, or having or being or doing. Then there's the, the, the things that you take as steps to get to them. And it's not even that they're necessarily just focused on the dream. They're focused on living life to get along this journey, but without sort of some point that you're trying to get to in the far end, you, you, your energy is just scattering and that, that the universe itself can't even conspire to help. You're left like pushing your energy in multiple ways because there isn't just some overriding thing that you want to be able to get to or, or to have. Or uh, It's not about yep. having things as much. It's about having a, having a life and um and and the, the procession of that life around for the people around you as well um i think that's yeah when you look at a dream a lot of people go oh well it's a you know a contage or it's a and as a kid it usually is it's it's motivated to something that's a very physical thing that you're going to have but as you grow older it becomes you know like it like your home for instance this is a this isn't like a home that you're going oh well you know, we'll be here for 10 years and then we'll throw it on the market and we'll sell this up. And it's a big bunch of land and it's a, it's a big house and it's very purpose built for you guys. And it's, um, it's part of a dream. And then that dream goes beyond, you'll be dead and gone, but the house will be there. And then what family members will be attached to the house at that point. And then when those, their family members, what family members then will be attached to that point. And it's not an ego trip. It's just something that you can actually put in place that creates this legacy. And, and, and I think that there's so many legacy thing plays that you do, but it's like another level of thinking. It's, you know, mm. like Africa's a legacy play um, as well. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so I, I agree with that. And I think, I think that the how to is also important as well that I do want to mention in this podcast is that I'm okay to dream big and for those dreams to be outside your current state of belief. Right. And that, and, and I say that on all counts, I just want to be very careful for your viewers and listeners is it's not, I've mentioned a few examples in a materialistic point and I promise you that is not the, the only thing uh, or, or even probably the biggest thing about this. I mean, you mentioned Africa. Uh, just for, the, for your listeners, um, I put down about 10, 12 years ago that I wanted to be a part of and commence a big charity in, in a third world country. And um, through a by chance meeting, I ran into a CEO of a kids charity in Uganda who look after after kids and people, adults uh, that have been affected by 
witch doctors, uh, you know, performing evil things on 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 kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And with uh, our business uh, in the last uh, two and a half years has raised the best part of half a million for this charity, and we've currently got about one hundred and thirty. Uh, five kids in sponsorship where we're giving these people a better life. That all came out of having a dream chart that basically said, go off and do that. Now I had no idea of how that was going to, you know, uh, materialize, but it did. So I do think it doesn't have to be just materialistic. Um, That's, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that. But I think part of that also how to is then you got to put a goal down. Right, and a goal is different to a dream. Dreams are more, I suppose, fuzzy, more visionary. Goals more have dates. They've got a lot more, uh, you know, specificity mm. and accountability. Where you know, and look, he, for the audience, everyone, write this down. I don't, I don't put goals down out more than about two to three years. Right, I mean, if you'd put a goal down in twenty twenty right, last year in 2019, that you were going to go and do something, you know, and coronavirus showed up, holy crikey, you know, you cannot, there's some things where, you know, I I just think going too far out on goals is, I'm okay to have visions, but goals are different, okay, so, so I'm very big on doing goals, uh, and normally, I, you know, the best I like is about a 12-month goal, right? And, um, you know, I have those across different parts of my life, business, wealth, health, giving, you know, and personal uh, achievements and what I want to do with the family, et cetera. So that's kind of how I plan that. And that helps me, you know, the problem is with dreams, Adrian, is it's like eating an elephant. I've never eaten one, never will but it's kind of that analogy is that you can't eat the big fella in one hit. You got to kind of, you know, you got to kind of nibble into him. Right. So effectively uh, that's how I do it. And I think goal setting and being accountable on, you know, a yearly basis uh, and then breaking that down into quarterly goals. And then what you're going to do on a monthly basis on a monthly goal is the way to go here. So, so as a tip there, you say set a goal two to three years, then you maybe come down to what's going to happen in this next 12 months. And yep. then what's going to happen down to a quarterly goal. And then what's going to happen down to a monthly goal. And you, you'll, you'll go, okay, well, I'll measure these points. And if you're on track, off track, then you'll adjust to being where you want to be next or you know some parts might have accelerated forward and other parts may have slipped back but um yeah you're planning that you're you're, you're putting it in a plan if if somebody's doing that how many um goals should they kind of like chunky ones should they work on and how many small ones should they break into well another mentor of mine uh brad sugars said to me one time and i think he's right on this one too that most people over uh, think or overcommit to what they can achieve in one year and undercommit to what they can achieve in 10. So what I find is that people, they get excited, which is okay, but it doesn't serve them, right? And then they, they 
whack into a yearly goal and or set of goals and they put too much in. So as a generic point here, I would be saying for the listeners is probably if you're new to doing this, is probably to do less is more. Yeah. If they had a, one goal around health and one goal around finance and another goal around, you know, maybe giving and a, if they sort of had four goals and they said, look, in this year, if I can achieve this, then certainly next year I can achieve something more or even shorter term, maybe in the next three months, you know, 90 days, could I achieve this? Um, yep. Yeah. And then I think, you know, then, then that's when the accountability comes in. I mean, if you think about this, let's be frank. Um, there's probably no professional sports person on the planet, right, that wins a grand final, a gold medal, even gets to the Olympics, Commonwealth yep. Games, whatever, without a coach, right? I mean, most of these sides these days have got multiple. You know, you've got offense, defense, you've got forwards, backs, whatever that looks Decking like. coach, bloody throwing coach, yeah, yeah. yeah. left armers, right armers. Right, and so the, the, the message there for your listeners is that you, you have to have accountability, right? I know for a fact with myself, if my trainer, my personal trainer is watching me do 10 push-ups, right, I know he's going to say or she's going to say, hey, give me one more push-up, right, which I wouldn't have done unless that dude was standing beside me. Right? And if you think that question's coming, you'll do the 11th and he'll tell you do another one. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, you know, you know, I just, you know, everyone I'm needs interview Jamie, by the way, at some point um, Good. On, on talk design, because again, phenomenal human being. And we're talking about um, Bruce's personal trainer and talk about accountability and also talk about, um, someone who designs uh, outcomes. He is a person who truly works individually with people to design outcomes that puts them in a position to have the health, to have everything else in their life. So that's, that's that, that, buddy. And then again, you know, probably the only other point before we start talking about the house and if that's appropriate is, um, is you do need to then have knowledge and skill. Right, like uh, again, getting accountability without the right skill and knowledge around it. Right, um, you know, like I always say, some people sometimes with myself call me a motivational speaker. Right, and I do a lot of motiv- uh, motiv- I do a lot of speaking, and I I really get on uh, my my hair up when people say motivation because. It, Yes, people get motivated out of what I do, but I always say, if you go and motivate an idiot, they just do stupid shit faster. <laughs> exactly, that's so true. <laughs> so, so you got to have, you got to be pointed in the right direction and given a path of how to do it. And as I said at the front end, man, you know, like no one woke up and said, "Hey, I'm a natural entrepreneur." Yes, you may have a an inkling, you know, is that that's a path that you want to go. But, you know, even the best, you know, the people like Warren Buffett, Richard Branson, they, they've learned all of the technical skills on business and wealth to get where they are. 
right? So that's, that's probably my last business point into achieving those dreams and goals via accountability need you you got to have the learnings and I, and let me put my money where my mouth is on this adrian i've invested Not like you to do that bruiser <laughs> 1.3 million dollars into my own education right so um you know uh another quote from Brad Sugars, he he says, and it's on my wall here in my in my boardroom where I'm currently speaking from. You know, he said you can't out earn your learnings. Okay, so you got to learn before you earn, right? Most people think it's the other way around. It's not, right? So again, if you're sitting there listening to this, going, "Hey, you know, I can't." I'm not good with marketing and sales. Good. How many books or YouTubes or seminars have you been? How, how, how many coaches have you had in that area? If, if you're not good on the numbers side, you know, what, what same advice applies, you know, leadership and team. If you can't grow and leverage a business, well, what are you doing? How, how many times have you, you gone done work in that area? Me, I, you know, especially, in the last 15 years, I've just been this machine of learning, right? And I've had to trade. I've had to make a trade where I've had to go and do that. You know, sometimes those seminars are on a weekend. Well, you know, I'm, I, I, I've been okay to do the odd trade here and there. It's not saying I do it every bloody weekend. But, you know, I, I'm okay to go and do that across the year because I know that knowledge is going to set me up for life, right? Yeah. And I know, here's a hit, write this one down, everyone, is that if you outlearn people, you'll out-earn them. That is, that is so good. If you out-learn them, you'll out-learn them, out-earn them. Correct. Do you know, I think the, 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 the thing, you said that's the last piece on business, but, there's another key point that I'm going to throw in there that um, you'll probably have something to say about, I think. And that is um, being able to take the, the time or the research, or I'm not sure what it is, but to, to pick the people um, around you that are going to um, help you on your journey and, and reaching up high enough that... Um, yeah, that they're going to they're going to be able to reach down to pull you up. And the thing with my experience, pretty much everybody who's successful, if you show a level of commitment and show a level of um, drive and um, dedication, most people that have got some success would do nothing quicker than say, "Jump on this ride. I'll show you how it works." I love that. And, and you're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, is, you know, you normally become the person that you, uh, you know, you are the person of the top five people that you hang around, you know, yep. you hang around negative people. Good. You're going to become negative. You know, I'll tell you a quick story on that. I remember getting invited to a barbecue of someone I didn't know, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, right? And I went to please someone, you know, that I was sort of 
you know, they kind of twisted my arm and I accepted and, and I got there and I still remember, you know, there was about 10 blokes all standing around the barbecue having a drink and, you know, it was just like a bitch fest for the best part of an hour, you know, why the government wasn't doing this and this is not how I was rolling. And, you know, and I was, I remember kind of trying to put this force field up because I didn't want to participate in a negative comment on something, right? Whether it was the government, whether it was the weather, whether it was whatever. And eventually, about an hour in, I kind of bleated out this negative and I was like, Bruce, what are you doing, you man? Just you know, change sides, man. You know, you've come across to the dark side. Don't go there, man. Get out. And I just, eventually I sort of said, you know, let's get this dinner done. I got to get out of here because I'm becoming who I was being there. So like, here's a, here's a tip for you for your listeners are you currently in the right group is the group that you are hanging around family you don't really have a choice you can kind of customize that i suppose the best that you can but outside of that are you hanging around people that are um are uplifting you are okay for you to grow excess uh success etc Okay, that is like a huge thing for me. And I'm like really careful who I hang around with because I want people that are okay for me to grow and me be okay for them to grow. Okay, um, I promise you with the 8,000 square foot house, there'll be, I don't want people coming to that thing saying, oh, you know, you must have got lucky or, you know, who, who did you have to con to get this thing? Like, no, I don't want those type of people hanging around me, you know, and, and me, when I go to their home, no matter how the size of it, I'm going to be okay with that because I run with a no judgment policy. So I think my question to the viewers is, do you need to change who you're hanging around with? And a lot of the time, the answer is you do. The thing is, is you do. And it's not, it, it, it's not like you're, um, trying to judge everybody what you're trying to do is, is is go you know that that person has or that that person has more of what i want and they're not necessarily static the five people they might change every year they might change upward um they might you know like there's long-term mentors i know for, for instance in your office you know like there's there's people that will be locked into your journey forever um, and then there'll be people that will arrive in that journey that you haven't met yet. And Correct. that's going to be a magical journey in itself as well. Like that, that part. It's, um, yeah. I want to yeah. just quickly um, touch back on something else and um, for, for everybody listening. And when Bruce was talking about his um, giving and uh, charity and wanting to do something in third world, I actually, um, somehow don't know how ended up in an email trail that my my thing arrived and it was you communicating with the office or the office communicating with you your office and i remember reading this thing and going what the hell was that about and and you were saying oh, this is what's happened and when um bruce met peter and who he met um he was uh, flying from somewhere i don't know where you'd come from but you're in perth and you were trying to get from Perth to Brisbane to get home. 
And uh, Peter, this guy was sitting there with a child with him and he was in Perth and he was trying to get to Brisbane so this kid could have an operation. And the flights weren't going. I can't remember why the flights weren't going. You, you will so, remember. Uh, so I will tell the story uh, and I'll try to tell it succinctly. So we hopped on, getting down the gangway to the plane. I was the last guy on and beside me was this gentleman. I could see he was from Africa, had that lovely, you know, lovely skin color. Yeah. And he had a kid there, right? And we just started talking and, you know, what are you doing? What am I doing? I'm here for business. What are you doing? He said, I'm having I'm here for an operation with the kid. And I was like, okay, good luck with that. You know, just as we're about to get on, like literally get to the door of the plane. And then effectively what happened is we, I bid him farewell. The plane goes out, turns around at the runway, comes back. And the pilot says, look, we've got a sick team member. We can't go. I'm now over my allotted time, et cetera. You all got to get off back to the lounge. So back to the lounge we go. And I'm sitting there, you know, it turns out this guy's like five meters from me and I'm staring at him going, what did he tell me? He's there for an operation. I don't normally talk to people in airport lounges. But I went over and just felt the need to have a conversation. I said, you know, excuse me, sorry to interrupt, but I can't rem help remember you saying that you got a, operation you know and i said what time is that and he says it's 7 a.m tomorrow morning and i said well you've got a big old problem because and i said have you got any flexibility and he said no and i said man he said i if this these guys don't work it out uh we'll have to change airline and i don't know why i said it adrian um but i just said look i'll pay for you and the kid and, and we'll change airlines and and what have you and he was like uh, taken aback, sat me down and started telling me about the charity. Now, that it turns out this poor little kid, his name's Benson, um, was, you know, he was kidnapped by a witch doctor and basically knew his father was decapitated as part of a ritual and this poor little fellow's penis was, was chopped off. So he was going to Brisbane for genital reconstructive surgery so, I mean, I'm in a ball of tears in this lounge just saying, well, I'll help you get this sorted. You know, I mean, this I couldn't fathom that this thing still happens in, you know, in, 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 in the 21st century. So, so essentially, you know, just from an act of giving, you know, has opened up this whole beautiful charitable thing that you, you know, your wife, Adrian and, and eldest daughter, Paris came out uh, last year and we had an amazing week doing the humanitarian tour uh, of this charity and helping them and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I suppose the point about that, uh, about that is the punchline is, you know, the more you give opportunities to help more people show up. Yeah. And 15, 20 years of work on yourself and before that, when you said, well, if I have to get you on another plane, I'll get you on another plane. Yep. He didn't have the resources, but you're able to be able to go, I've got them. I'll take it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime story, that one. So <laughs> thanks for yeah. listening to it. And if you want to know more about that, the, um, the charity is called Champeasy. Child Care Ministries. It's spelt with a K, 
uh, and I'm sure Adrian will put it in the links we'll, at the bottom of this we'll podcast. We'll post all the stuff on it um, on the website as as well as how to get hold of you, but we'll post that particularly um, for people who want to get involved. And look, we, we have a large audience that is architecturally based and stuff, and there's stuff that possibly they'll be able to do to help as well um, with yeah. their skill set. Um, yeah. Exactly. I mean, and, and you know, if if you are if that any of that moved you, I got a bunch of kids uh, that still haven't got support. These poor kids are living on a <clears throat> on the ground, no mosquito nets. Most of them get malaria, um, and for a hundred bucks uh, Aussie a month, you can kind of take a kid out of total poverty and put them through school and feed them and healthcare and all that. So. Uh, we'll put the link through for that if you are interested. The bigger, the bigger point in that, Bruce, is, is that it, it, it does that for one child, but it does it for a family. Yeah, yeah, it takes <laughs> it, a lot out. You know? it, yeah, it, um, like we sponsor a child and that does it for her, but then really what it, the effect across her family is, is processional and, yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. I'll give you five minutes to tell us about your house, eh? <laughs> I'd be really excited with that. And the journey, and this is a journey again about the goal um, and also being able to break down and design and design something specific to Bruiser and his wife, Georgie, and, their, and the kids' needs. Um, and also, don't miss the legacy property part of it. It's something that... Uh, has a long, 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 like look at it, at a view you know, or vision. Rosa, yep. wait, take it away, man. So I'm going to lead off with a principle around pressure. Okay. <clears throat> now I'd reckon most of your listeners will have had a time in their life where it got to a point of pressure that forced a change, forced a breakthrough, forced a new direction, and. That is this story on uh, at a thousand percent. So about four years ago, um, my wife and I were hell bent that we wanted a farm, and we wanted to buy the farm with a existing house on it. Okay, and we looked at like a hundred houses to the point where we found one right, which was, in my opinion, at the time. The exact house, you know, it was on 44 acres, had a nine-hole golf course on it, and I thought that was the the king of that's what we were going to do, right? Turns out it was about 40 minutes one way to the school and back, and Georgie, my wife, <laughs> said, I'm doing that unless you want a divorce, hardy-ha, right? So essentially, I kind of said, well, I don't particularly want to go down down that route. So... So we, we, I still remember it. We were off to a personal development program in Brisbane, we had this almighty fight, right? Like, you know, this argument around this and that and da, da, da. So this pressure, pressure, pressure. And eventually we went and did the weekend and we popped out on the Monday and I said to Georgie, maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Maybe we just get a block of land and build the dream. And she goes, okay. And I said, well, I've seen one. It's about 15 minutes from where we live. Why don't we go and have a look at that? I grabbed two kids that afternoon, went and saw it. We had an offer on that 
it was closed within a week or two of 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 that particular moment. So the the first thing, sometimes you need more pressure to to force the change, right? And that was four years ago. It was a twenty-seven acre block, and mm-hmm. when we found it, it was a hundred-year-old property. So we we settled on the property in twenty sixteen. It was bought in from that by that family in 1916. So it's gone through three generations. Um, the Morehouse family had owned it, subdivided it, and there was two of the existing structures on there, etc. So like a lot of lot of um, uh, history, history in that legacy and legacy. Yeah. You know, the old it's an old pineapple farm. So for you know, hundred years plus, pineapples have been growing on that farm. You know, the old draft horse who used to dry, uh, plough all the paddocks is still you know buried over near the fig tree, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's one of those lovely old uh, properties, and essentially we putting it back together. So uh, later downstream, we've actually bought the neighbouring block, which was subdivided. So we re putting the farm back together. So it's now a 42 acre farm. Actually, that's one of the bars is nicknamed after 42 acres, which I'll tell about in a minute. And big picture, we have built uh, under, uh, you know, Adrian and great builders and a lot of other people helping an amazing designed house. And, um, you know, as I said, we're two months out. And, um, you know, I think probably one point I'd like to say about the design is that, you know, over many years, my wife and I had, you know, put on the back of napkins and what have you, ideas and little things and photos of this and photos of that. And, you know, and I think, but, but I will say, that and you know and, and if you've got a big architectural base they'll be rolling their eyes saying well I, we know that but we needed someone smart to bring this out of our head right like we we're not an architect we're not a designer we needed someone smart to bring this out of our heads out of our you know iphone photo albums and napkins so that we could put it together and we purposely des- designed this house around what we wanted and you know uh it's an it's going to be an amazing structure it's got three bars uh not because i do a pub crawl every night it's just because i want that and it's different entertaining areas etc yeah. do a lot of cooking and so it's some really cool it's a very cool designed house. To, to say something about three bars, you know, there isn't many houses that do have three bars, but Bruiser has a, a bar that you can swim up to in the pool. Um, so it's resort style. So that bar will get used when people are swimming in the pool. He also has a, a bar, a, a smaller one, by his outdoor barbecuing um, area. And Bruiser's a great cook. Uh, you could probably find some YouTube videos, I'm thinking, of Bruiser saying, this is how you do a brisket um, or, or whatever. Um, that's kind of fun stuff for him. That's his relaxing space. And to be able to stand out there and serve his buddies a drink and keep cooking and just hang out, like just really enjoy people. And then he has a, a media room or a theater room. Um, 
And within the theater room, there's actually a bar as well and a wine cellar. And so it's more um, that wherever his entertaining spots are for people, and he, he loves to have people around and entertain and so does family. And you know, with his kids, there's always families around. It means that whatever, <clears throat> sorry, whatever space they're in, it's easy to just relax and, and, and enjoy something. And another gift that Bruiser does is he likes to collect special things for special people. And um, you go to that bar and in the living room, in the, um, sorry, in the, in the pool, say, for instance, and he'll go, you know, I was in Thailand and uh, I spotted this and, I, and you were in my mind. So I bought this and uh, I want you to try this here something that uh, it's a memory piece and it connects and holds people that's a it, it, it's not about the drinking it's not about the. it's about those storylines that weave and are around entertaining and relaxing with people um he does plenty with the business side of it but they're about that and the same for georgie it's about being able to you know you're a busy family you're busy business people and when you turn off and relax, it's like about being able to just move along with the, with the people that you're with. It's, a, it's not a big ego trip. It's none of that. It's, it's just something beautiful. It's a, a way of giving and sharing. Yeah, it's, it's a sanctuary, really. I mean, you know, and that's how we've, we've built it. And, um, you know, and frankly, you know, we, we're not the go out every weekend night people you know we like our own company we like to have good friends over etc etc and break bread so to speak and um you know i think that um you know that that's kind of why we design it the way we we have and um you know and it's uh it's going to be an amazing entertaining house as well so i'm yeah. looking forward to getting some close folk over and uh yeah it's, it's designed to be that kind of home it's a home sanctuary it's um it's a a, a close the gate and it's all yours and you know nobody else's and it's also got the ability to do the legacy stuff you know the the 21st the weddings the um you know where the marquee can go and all those kinds of things we've got a cold room it can be a, a kitchen and pantry that's big enough to cater for those events and there's room for you know special people who will come from overseas and family to stay and stuff like that as well so that it yeah. all becomes this um amazing like space that um yeah will will create a legacy for generations to come and it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to do and it, and it's because you've done everything else before it that you're able to do it now. Exactly, man. So, mm. so, you know, I suppose just as a finale here, I mean, I, all I would say to, to listeners, if this has been, um, uh, you know, valuable today is to get your dreams down on paper. Yeah. Get your goals down. Look at the areas of your life that you need more knowledge and skill learn before you earn go after it with passion be pretty hungry about it it's uh you know it's a 10-year cycle of wealth this is not a get rich quick thing right i know no one 
who does that apart from winning lotto and just for your interest 97 yeah. or 8 percent of the people who do win that lose it all because they don't have the mindset and the skills to know what to do with it so they just burn it so it's normally going to take you 10 years of true blue entrepreneurial thinking coaching you know knowledge gain etc to do it right and that's why you know most of the people that we work with there, you know, it's not a one or two year deal. You know, they're, they're with us for many, many, many years is because that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is wealth. So, and then, you know, I just sort of finished off with that. That's on the wealth side, but then on the giving and the philanthropy is, you know, that's the more you do in that area allows you to have, a bigger impact, a bigger legacy. And I think the way that this works kind of from a universe point of view, great spirit, uh, is that, you know, that essentially the more you give and do for others, the more that opportunities open up for yourself. So, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone wins here. Yeah. I think that thing that's just beautiful wrap up. It, it, it's so important to, um, to get this, you know, like you said, your dreams, and then break them into goals and, and do those steps. And then from that, look at what else you can give um, and, and how that's part of the dreaming goal, I suppose, is, is to do that. Um, I'm going to post uh, Bruce's details and uh, there'll be all the information that you could need to get in touch with him, of course. Um, as, a, uh, as a coach, uh, Bruce is um, slightly heavily awarded. Um, he, he has a, a he's won a lot of awards globally uh, for what he does, um, and he has an incredible network of people globally as well. Um, he's coaches people in all sorts of different countries around the world, and changes lives everywhere he goes. Uh, so, by all means, like if you're in business, this is a guy that you should check out. And uh, just check, you know, what you're trying to get to and who you need around you to get there would be my advice. Um, certainly my business and uh, my journey in life changed and, and business changed dramatically when I met Bruce. And uh, it, was, it wasn't always easy, it was, but it was always uh, simple to follow the instructions. Um, yeah, it was good, really fantastic. And I really appreciate your time, Bruce and enlightening people to what's available out there in the world and, and how to help people um, and what else can be done. And having a business that's robust and has vision opens up a lot of opportunities for A, the person with the business, but the people that that business connects to. Awesome. Well, look, thank you, Adrian. You do a great job. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you too for being on today. And uh, I wish everyone success and great health and happiness. Awesome, buddy. Thank you. Hi, this is Richard Petrie from the Architect Marketing Institute. And this is Richard's Magic Arrows. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. You don't win a project that you knew you were the best option for. It does your head in. 
Why didn't you win it? Well, maybe the reason you didn't win it is because you didn't answer the one question that every prospective client is asking inside their head. It's why you? Why should I hire you over all other options, including maybe an option of designing myself? You've got to answer that question because even if they don't ask it out loud, they're thinking it and it is the basis for how they make their decision. So I'm going to give you three things that you can consider when you're looking for a reason to that answer. Why should I hire you? First one is consider having a secret weapon. Do you have a tool or an asset that other people don't have? If you do, that could be the focus for the reason why. Second option, do you have a secret source? Do you have a method or a formula for getting a result that others don't have? Remember grandma's old secret source? Her bolognese sauce maybe that the family kept in generations for years and years. The key is everybody revered that secret source because she could make a bolognese sauce that no one else could. Well, there's things in your business and in your design business that you can do that probably because of the techniques and methods you've developed or picked up, no one else can do them. Consider your secret source. The third one is a superpower. And the superpower is the one thing that you can do that others in your profession admit is special. They might say to you, man, the way you draw, I wish I could sketch like that. Whatever it is, you probably know what it is. There's something you're really good at it. Now, you need to take either your secret weapon, your secret source, or your superpower. And of course, you need to tell a great story, a great backstory around it that gives the person a reason why they should hire you. Whoever tells the best story wins. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to win better projects, earn higher fees from clients who value great design, I've got a free 90-minute training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.